This summer, we're bringing you double Koi Gig. I cannot tell you the, like, audible gasps that there were in the press box yesterday. They looked as stunned as the team on the pitch did. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Martin Lipton joins us now to uh, continue the Spurs chat. Martin, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, John is a is a Spurs fan and is feeling pretty optimistic about things. And I think with good reason, right? Well, I think so, yeah. So look, it would be ridiculous to, to assume that because they bought reasonably well this summer and they got Conte, that means they're going to win the title. Um, but I do think they... The, the minimum aim and expectation actually will be to be best of the rest behind City and Liverpool. And in what will be a bizarre season for, for all the reasons we've discussed or you've discussed just now, let's see what happens. But they, they've got goals in them. There's no doubt about that. They've probably got more goals in them now. They don't have to rely on Kane to play every game, which is for the better. They appear to be recruiting well and strengthening the obvious uh, limitations in the squad. So they're in a better place now than they were this time last year, that's for certain. The, I think a lot of the, the faith is based around the improvement in the players who are already there that he decided to put faith in, but also the signings in the Christmas window last year hit the ground running really quickly, which suggests that Conte knows what he's doing, that he can get the best out of uh, players who have been underperforming. He can also integrate players really quickly. And then this is a turnover of the squad and it's his team and it's his team really quickly. Um he, he is still at the peak of his powers, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it needed change. Um, and for a number of reasons, the change was delayed. A lot of it was due to, due to um, the building costs of the, of the new stadium. They needed to get the finances in place. Uh, and then as they were starting looking to utilise the extra income that the stadium would give them, we had the, the pandemic. So it took them you know, 18 months after it was answered. They still hadn't opened, rather. They still had made next to nothing from the, the stadium, which was designed to earn them, well, £6 million from every home game. Now that funding, weekly funding or bi-weekly funding is on tap. Therefore, it allowed Conti to make the demands. But importantly, Levy answered and said yes. And well, that was the difference. Yeah, there's no point in having a stadium if the attraction there is a mediocre team with no Harry Kane and song goals. And, and you know, so obviously... They had to back him, but the fact that he's been so successful, I, I'm not sure everybody expected him to be this successful this quickly. And getting into the Champions League is like super bonus territory. Yeah, I mean, I think if you'd looked at it from the, uh, the overall quality of the squad, you'd have said Spurs were fifth or sixth last season. Um, I think that uh, Manchester United underperformed it, uh, appallingly and Arsenal in the final analysis couldn't cope with the pressure of expectations. So they sneaked through the back door. But they did that because they won so many matches at the end of the season. I mean, they, they didn't, you know, get handed the points. They actually had to go out and win them, and they did. Um, and a lot of that was because uh, Bentancur and Kelsevsky came in and, and gave an extra dynamic to the team in January. The longer Conte was there, the more he was able to work with the players in training to get them to understand. He once says that players, a lot of players, to be automatons, to know instinctively what to do, to work under his system. Uh and he and if they complain, it's well, I'm the boss, and look at what I've done. And you can't look at his track record at all the clubs he's been at and not think, well, actually, maybe he's got a point. Uh, as, as others have pointed out, he won the league with Victor Moses at right back. That's that says it all, really, at Chelsea. You know, he turned a team, a Chelsea team, 
that had been a disaster the previous campaign and finished 10th uh, for all those reasons, with them falling out Mourinho and everything else, and made them champions. Um, and, of course, if he hadn't done that, Spurs would have been champions that day, that year, because they were second by some distance in that season. And everybody at Tottenham wants to win something. There's no doubt about that. They believe this bloke can do it. They recognise that he's the man in charge. And it is working. Now, whether it will continue to work, whether players want to be um, scolded and uh, moulded by Conte for the long term is less clear. But I think the general view of most of them, we, this is our chance. We have a real opportunity and we actually see from top to bottom, this club knows what it wants to do now. Uh, when Matt Doherty comes back from injury, is he going to have the same level of love from Antonio Conte as he did before his injury? If he plays like he did, yes. I mean, we've had this conversation before and I've, I've, I've said I always felt uh, that it just seemed a big, uh, you know, a club too big for, for Doherty. I thought he was he was struggling to be the player He'd, he'd been at Wolves, or indeed was in an Ireland shirt. And then suddenly last season, for a couple of months, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, he's certainly a far better attacking player than Emerson Royal. Uh, and that was one of the things Spurs missed actually at the end of the season was his attacking thrust. But they bought Spence to give them that, and he's younger. Uh, on Doherty's plus side, of course, he is versatile. He can play left wing back as well. Less effectively than right wing back, but he can play there. Uh, I think that, that Doherty was certainly, if he was, if he's fit and right, I think he would probably start the season as the first choice right back or right wing back. That doesn't mean he'll stay there. And it all depends. And that presupposes they're going to sell someone, which will be, I suspect, Emerson Royal. But were they to receive a bid for Doherty and not for Royal, then they might decide to cash in there just because they have, have Spence now added to the squad. Can I ask that about uh, Troy Parrott? He's gone out on loan uh, once again to, to Preston this time. What's the feeling within the club about his future prospects? Is, is next summer going to be the summer that you know he's going to be in the first team plans or, or is this going to be just be a, another step on the way out the exit door at Tottenham? I think he needs to do well at Preston. But they're still very confident about him. They're both him and Dane Scarlett, who's also gone out on loan. Uh, he went to Portsmouth yesterday. They think that the development path is the right one. That they look at what happened with Kane and he needed three or four loans out to become the player that was good enough to, to fight for a place in the squad at the Spurs. And it's a similar view with, with these two, that they are continuing the progress, they're doing well, but they need to be more robust, more physical. They need to grow into men before they can compete with men, which is not an unreasonable feeling, particularly in this, that position. Uh, as a, you know, a central striker, in the Premier League, you do have to have the physical ability to cope with what goes on. Uh, and then it's a, a mentality question. Do you have what it takes to drive yourself and also continually reinvent yourself? Because the best strikers don't stand still. If they stand still, they get swallowed. Kane constantly evolves, does things differently. All of the top players do. They are able, they do what they do brilliantly, but they add something every game. So, You've got to think again, which allows you to go back to what you're good at initially. You know, to have that uh, facility and ability to adapt, change, and and drive defenders to distraction. The squad is still pretty big. It's kind of a, a mis- mishmash of various managers up to Conte, and now his added uh, impetus of an extra eight players essentially since since he's arrived in. So, do you expect many players to? Well, here it, uh, it's multi pronged question. Will they be able to get rid of the players they want to? I suppose is the best way of phrasing it. 
I think they will. They're certainly having discussions already about plenty. The one you've got to get rid of is Ndombele because he's been a disaster to, to join the club. Uh, my problem with him, if I was buying him, was hang on, he only lasts 60 minutes. What, why am I buying this player? I'm playing full whack for someone who plays only two thirds of a game if he plays at all. Um, but then Lo Celso's got to go. He's never going to make it under um, under Conte. But there appears to be conversations with Italy and Spanish clubs. Uh, likewise, there's a few others. I think we've got, you know, uh, Harry Winks has served his time at Spurs. They might get 20 million from, from someone for him. He's still a decent player. And he, he can play for mid to lower tier Premier League club and look very good, I think. And others as well, they need to, they need, they've got to get it down to 25. Uh, they've got to have uh, a maximum of eight overseas players under UEFA and Premier League rules. So Brian Hill will go out back on loan. I don't think he'll ever be his first player, but there you go. And a, and a few others. It's going to make... Just having a bit of trouble with that line there. Um, the squad size is about 30 at the moment, so they're pretty close to us. But I had forgotten completely about the nationality requirements and the makeup of those rules, which ultimately is probably um, going to dictate who survives and who doesn't. Sorry, yeah, we, we've got you back there now, Martin. Um, Birmingham, you see, it's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying, I think they'll lose five or six, uh, mainly the overseas players, because you're only allowed 17. Uh, eight rather overseas players in a 25-man squad. So you can see the obvious places that they were pruned. The ones who were left behind didn't go on the South Korea tour um, by choice rather than by necessity. They've got no chance, have they? I mean, they, they've, got, they've been basically told, find, find a club, because otherwise you're not going to play for anyone. Do they, do they care about how much they get for those players at this stage, or is it actually better just not to have annoyed people around the building stinking the joint out? Well, they'll get rid of them in some form, whether it's giving them away on loan, get deals. They'll try and get money in, and if it comes to the last minute, they may end up paying them off. Um, because, you know, they, if they don't pay, play them, don't give them a squad number, uh, then they can claim uh, a free transfer under FIFA rules anyhow, can't they, in January? So you end up getting rid of them that way. But there's no point in leaving bad smells, you know, stinking the place out. You're right, you just have to make that, that hard vision and say these are no longer part of the club. We'll get you out any way we can. Is this a new era where actually the investment on the pitch is going to reflect the gleaming stadium office? It will be the first year when it's moving in that direction. As I said, the difference uh, from the past is now they've got full revenue from the stadium and they've not just got the match day revenue from the football, which is around 150 million, maybe a bit more a season, 6 million in a game. You've also got the, this summer they've had uh, Guns N' Roses and Lady Gaga. They have got the NFL deal, which is two matches this year. They've got various rugby union. I think the New Zealand All Blacks are playing against the Barbars, I think, in November at, at Tottenham. The income stream is in. That will therefore mean more sponsorship, which will mean more income there. Uh, the Premier League income they get will be maybe 150 million. If they have a decent Champions League run, that's 80 million. It's adding up, getting towards half a billion pounds. Even with Spurs running the tightest ship of the big six in terms of uh, wages to revenue, 60% of half a billion pounds is 300 million in wages. That's a 45% upturn on where they were last season. You can see the direction of travel. And sadly, the teams with the biggest wage bill tend to be the most successful teams. It's just a fact. 
can they I, get the better players? Can I posit a scenario there when the, the, the current manager has a reputation for leaving uh, and for bringing a club to success and then falling out for whatever reason? But actually, if you go back over it, there hasn't really been an opportunity for him to stay somewhere where he had control, he had investments, and he had a, a, a situation which was as... Uh, long and forward thinking as the one Spurs is at the moment. So all of the situations he's been in have been where he's wrestled control from another another power in in uh, in the league through astute signings, force of personality, and then the club hierarchy were like, "Well, we're selling your best players," or it was Roman Abramovich. In this scenario, is there a, is there potentially a world where he actually is there for the long haul and is the manager for? a long period of time, getting the investment that he wants, largely having control over transfers? I think if you were to post that hypothesis about any other manager, you say, yeah, there's a there's a chance he'll stay. And then you think, oh, hang on, it's Conte. He doesn't stay anywhere. He gets itchy feet wherever he goes. He can't stop himself. So if you get three years out of him, that's a long stint. Just because. It doesn't mean that he can't evolve and change. You know, he is no longer the 45-year-old Antonio Conte. It may be that he wants to put his roots down and stay somewhere. But I suspect that would be in Italy rather than in England, just because. Uh, he, you know, he's an Italian and that's where he feel more comfortable. So this is just a job, a lucratively paid one and one where he wants to be successful because he knows if he can bring trophies to Tottenham, particularly the biggest of, of trophies, then that would make him one of the greatest managers there's ever been just because of, well, it's Tottenham, as it were. Um, so, but he was that, I'm sure, for an even more lucrative pay elsewhere because that's what he does. And that's not a criticism, it's just, the nature of the man is that I don't think he'll ever um, feel ha- feel in a in a place that he doesn't want to leave, just because of what he is. He's always looking for the next opportunity. In 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 previous iterations, the Spurs job was always a good job, but it's because of the financial scenario that you've outlined there. It's becoming a great job, like. Everything there is set up for success. I don't know what the academy system is like. You know, we, we definitely heard about the Manchester City academy system being sensational for the last decade. And now it's beginning to bear fruit. All those players who come through on loan for other clubs, they sell for 10 to 15 million. And suddenly they're able to buy the world's best players paid for by the world's best young players um, being sold. I don't know if, if Spurs are set up in a, in a similar way, but it's definitely one of the best jobs in world football, given, again, the economic situation that you've outlined. Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's an increasingly appealing job. And if they can become uh, a consistent uh, Champions League side, even more so, there is the opportunity to, to certainly supplant Arsenal and potentially supplant Chelsea because Chelsea, under a, a non-Abramovich ownership, is going to be a different model. It just is. And there is an, and Spurs, you know, they've got you know, nearly 50% more capacity in the ground than Chelsea. Chelsea are going to spend five years or so rebuilding piece by piece so their income levels go down. There's a capital cost of a billion pounds plus on that new stadium. There's an opportunity to become the preeminent side in London in the short term. Uh, And London is one of the most attractive places for football. We know that England is because of the money that's in the Premier League. It is a, a real chance for Tottenham to become a major player. 
And it's interesting, the Super League issue, you know, 18 months ago, Spurs were, didn't necessarily want to be part of it, but they were terrified of being left out because they thought that would consign them to the banks of also ran, so they went with it. Um, and there isn't any question now that they'd be asked if another thing were to come up because of what's happened. You know, you things evolve in football. They sometimes take a while and sometimes they happen very quickly. And at Tottenham, you think things are happening fairly quickly. It's taken a while, but the question, long term, long a long time, and they've been sort of peering through the, the glass ceiling and not being able to break through it. Well, now you think they're actually cracking it open with a sledgehammer. Do you have any idea what the starting team is going to look like at the moment? If I had to pick, it would be Luis, Romero, Dyer, Longley, Doherty, if fit and Perisic if fit as the wing-backs. Two from three, and I suspect Bentancur and Bissouma, but it may just, the opening game might be Hoberg just because of, he's been at the club longer. And then he'll start Kane, Song, Kulisevsky, but things may alter. Uh, Richarlison is just a good quality sub to have. Well, he can't play the first game of the season anyhow because he's suspended uh, because of that Everton throwing the... the um, Pyro at the back of the crowd. And I think there'll be games when they play two up front. Or there'll be games and he'll play left and Son will go right. He'll play lots of football. The four of them will play lots of football, but none of them will start every game. Oh. There'll be a, a constant rotation. It is uh, pretty exciting. There's just one last little question there. What, what are Bayern Munich doing talking about Harry Kane? It's like very considered very bad form, but was it just a random stupid answer to a silly question or was it like planting a seed in Harry Kane's mind come on we love you come on Harry why don't you come and conquer Germany I think a bit of everything really they needed to make a, a signal that they weren't devastated by losing Lewandowski that they were looking for somebody else that they had the appeal to go out and get an, another uber striker and they also recognised that Spurs if they ever do sell Kane will not want to sell into a Premier League right and that if he goes to Bayern Munich, he's pretty much guaranteed to win Bundesliga every year and potentially go close in the Champions League. At the same time, there's no way that Spurs are going to sell Harry Kane. And I'm pretty sure that Spurs are doing everything they can, that believing that this season will be the one to persuade him he doesn't need to go anywhere, that he can spend the rest of his career until he goes to the MLS to finish it off uh, at Tottenham, breaking all the records. I mean, you've got to remember that Kane wants to be to overtake first Jimmy Greaves at Spurs and he's 18 or so behind so that happens this season and then Alan Shearer as the Premier League top scorer he needs three or four seasons to do that to get to 261 and if Spurs won't sell him to a Premier League club then he's got to do it at Spurs so maybe, but he won't want to stay if he's got no chance of winning something uh, last summer it wasn't that he wanted to leave Tottenham as much as he felt he couldn't stay there anymore that has changed he now wants, I think, wants to say, look at his reactions, look at the way he's talking. There's no issue of him wanting to go anywhere, is there? No. No, it's definitely not. The, the chatter has definitely died down. Martin, it's uh, good to be excited pre-season. Great to have you with us again. Thanks a million. Cheers. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.